Thank you and welcome to Scripture on Creation. I'm Scott Kump. And I'm Dr. Ben Scripture. Dr. Scripture, the world is fascinated by the thought of alien life. (laughs) All you have to do is survey the kinds of movies that Hollywood produces. And it's a phenomenon reflected not just in the plethora of science fiction movies that come out. Many times a movie will seem to be about regular life situations on Earth, but then some quirky event will occur, and surprise, Mm. some kind of extraterrestrial influence is involved. But Scott, this fascination with alien life is not just reflected in the entertainment industry. It's prevalent in the scientific literature as well. Well, yes, we've done numerous programs over the years chronicling various claims that evidence of life from outer space or in outer space has been discovered. Mm -hmm. You know, Dr. Scripture, it seems that when these announcements are made, there's a flurry of hype and speculation. But then when nothing comes of it (laughs) or once again, an explanation is found that debunks the claim. That information does not get much coverage. Uh, Yeah, sadly, that's how the media works now. Well, we need Paul Harvey back. Remember his radio program? (laughs) Yeah. The rest of the story. (laughs) I do remember that. That was a refreshing program for sure. Well, we're not going to start a new series called And That's the Rest of the Story. But on occasion, we do try and give more information related to a story published in the name of science to help people understand that what they've heard is more like a Hollywood script than a scientific paper. And that's what you're going to do today? Yes. Alien life is in the news again. In the science section of National Geographic, there's an article titled, In the Hunt for Alien Life. This planet just became a top suspect. As you've pointed out, Dr. Scripture, the fascination with alien life is definitely not limited to the entertainment industry. Right there in the title of the article is the indication that the scientific community is hunting for alien life. And astronomers have a new tool to do it with. Do you know what I'm talking about, Scott? I think so. Is it the Webb Space Telescope? Indeed. The James Webb Space Telescope that we'll just call the Webb Telescope from here on. It was launched into space on Christmas Day, 2021, and reached its destination almost one million miles from Earth about a month later. And it has been sending fantastic pictures and data back to Earth ever since. So the Webb Telescope has been sending us information for over a year and a half. Yes. And the photos it has taken of this universe we live in haven't disappointed. What we saw when the Hubble Space Telescope was launched in 1990 was spectacular. And what we're seeing now is almost indescribable. But of course, the Webb Telescope wasn't launched into space just to take pictures. It collects all kinds of astronomical data, a lot of which is directed towards, you know what, Scott? Finding alien life. Exactly. The search to answer the question, where did life come from? Or... Are we alone in the universe? And that very question is dealt with in this National Geographic article I want to consider today. The article was published on September 15th, 2023, in the science section of nationalgeographic.com. The author is Joe Papalardo, and again, the title is In the Hunt for Alien Life. This planet just became a top suspect. Now, the name of the planet is not very catchy. It's called K2-18b. <laughs> and what has astronomers considering it to be a quote-unquote top prospect for finding alien life? 
is information related to its atmosphere. Here's the description of an artist's idea of what K2-18b might look like. Wait a minute. What do you mean what it might look like? I thought we had pictures of it from the Webb telescope. Well, Scott, we don't have pictures of the planet itself. What we have is evidence of a planet orbiting a star because the intensity of light from the star is diminished as the planet passes between the star and the Webb telescope detection equipment. And from that phenomenon, scientists claim they are able to determine the size of the planet and even its composition. So here's the description of what they observed, or at least how they interpreted what they observed. Quote, The mixture of gases measured in exoplanet K12-18b suggests <laughs> it may have a global ocean beneath a hydrogen-rich atmosphere. And astronomers even spotted a tantalizing, though unconfirmed, sign of life. Now, Scott, is your curiosity peaked? <laughs> well, sure, but my skepticism is also more than peaked. <laughs> <laughs> and rightly so. We've heard lots of these stories before. So here's what they think they have found. Recent observations made by the James Webb Space Telescope have revealed new details of the atmosphere of a distant planet called K2-18b. An analysis of a European team of researchers led by Niku Madhu Sudan found an abundance of methane and carbon dioxide with very little ammonia, a combination that suggests the world could be a type of oceanic planet previously only theorized. K218b is located at the correct distance from its star so that life is considered possible. Do you remember what they call that, Scott? It's in the Goldilocks zone. Exactly. Or the more scientific term is the habitable zone. But in keeping with the fairy tale genre, I think Goldilocks zone is the better name, too. <laughs> Continue to read, then. The new analysis suggests another compound, dimethyl sulfide which is made by life on Earth, may also be in this watery world's atmosphere. Follow-up observations will attempt to determine if the compound is really there. And if it is present, additional work would be needed to rule out possible non-living sources of the gas. So understand, the tantalizing sign of life, the reason K218b has become a top suspect in the hunt for alien life, is the unconfirmed possibility that a small molecule composed of carbon, hydrogen, and sulfur called dimethyl sulfide, or DMS, is present in the atmosphere. Now, whether or not it actually is present is something they hope to be more certain of when they can take more readings with the Webb telescope. But regardless of what is found, if you remember what they said the atmosphere was composed of, it contained methane and carbon dioxide. Now, DMS is two methane molecules attached to a sulfur atom. Now, we do know that phytoplankton on Earth can produce DMS as a byproduct of their metabolism, but there are many possible ways that that molecule could be formed. At least they did acknowledge that they would try and rule out possible non-living sources of DMS. Uh, yes, they did, Scott, and that's good that you pointed that out. However, if they don't readily find something that is a non-living source of dimethyl sulfide, to then claim the source is living organisms, 
is a fantastic jump. I have a question about why they even think they found DMS. You pointed out we can't really even see the planet. How do they find things like methane or carbon dioxide or DMS on it? That's an excellent question. I'll read from the article, which explains how they're getting this data. The Webb telescope scanned the planet during a pair of two-and-a-half-hour transits in front of its host star in January and April. The onboard instruments scrutinized the light passing through the planet's atmosphere, giving astronomers spectral clues that can be used to identify the gases present. The data showed the presence of hydrogen and, even more revealing, methane and a lack of ammonia. Research suggests a large planet like K218b could only have that ratio of gases if the atmosphere were interacting with water below. So, you see, it's the different spectrums of light they are detecting as the light from the star passes through the planet's atmosphere. Those various wavelengths of light then are the indicators for the various compounds they report they have found and what they mean. However, a section of this article we've been discussing has the heading, Where to Look for Life. And in that section, it explains that there are two prominent schools of thought in the ranks of those hunting for alien life on exoplanets. Those who expect to find it on a rocky world, like Earth, and those who want to search worlds dominated by oceans, which is Madhu Sudan's position. The thing is, the proposal that K218b is an oceanic planet is by no means a certainty. There are alternative explanations for the spectral data collected. I'll read some more from the article. Quote, The same data from Webb can produce slightly different results depending on how the analysis is done, which scientists sometimes refer to as the data analysis pipeline. Folks have already shown that the retrieved abundances from Webb can be very pipeline-dependent, says Sarah Horst, a planetary scientist at John Hopkins University who specializes in atmospheric chemistry and was not part of the new study. Calculations required to make such a claim are highly sensitive to the amount of various molecules in the atmosphere, unquote. So, some of the researchers interpret from the spectral data they've collected that the atmosphere of K218b contains, among other gases, methane and hydrogen, and maybe, hopefully, DMS. Hmm. Dr. Scripture, you used that word, hopefully, very intentionally. And it's because the search for alien life by so much of the scientific community is motivated by hope. And that is why whenever you hear or read about these kinds of supposed discoveries, you must be very cautious when it comes to accepting the conclusions the researchers, the hunters, propose. Then, in the final section of the article, under the heading, Ocean Planet Extraterrestrials? Question mark, it says this, Water-rich planets like K218b are good candidates in the search for alien life. After all, it's the medium that enabled life to flourish on Earth. But even a planet with a liquid ocean and carbon-rich atmosphere isn't guaranteed to host organisms. No kidding. <laughs> if DMS is detected on K1218b, it's time for the theorists to really get involved, Madhu Saddam says. Their job will be to run countless simulations of the planet's chemistry during its lifespan, 
trying to detect any possible pathway that would create the signatures the Webb telescope found without the presence of life. We don't have to prove DMS is a biomarker because it is one on Earth. Only once no other explanation is found can the case for a living ocean on the planet be made. The article then concludes with this. The proof of alien life is often depicted with the discovery of a Martian fossil, the receipt of an interstellar transmission, or even a verified extraterrestrial visitation to the White House lawn. (laughs) But the actual moment that humanity finds out that we're not alone may be experienced by a solitary data cruncher seated in front of a computer screen running complex organic chemistry models. There's that motivation that drives the secular scientific community to hunt for alien life. For some reason, we, that is they, don't want to be alone in the universe. It's a sad reality that by rejecting their creator, they have created a void in their soul. As Pascal identified it, a God-shaped vacuum that only the creator can fill. It's a void that manifests itself in loneliness and purposelessness. So, some find purpose in hunting for alien life, being deceived into thinking that if they find it, they won't then feel alone in this vast, meaningless universe. Listen to this quote. What else does this craving and this helplessness proclaim but that there was once in man a true happiness of which all that now remains is the empty print and trace? This he tries in vain to fill with everything around him, seeking in things that are not there the help he cannot find in those that are. Though none can help him, since this infinite abyss can be filled only with an infinite and immutable object. In other words, by God himself. And that's not what I say. That's what Blaise Pascal said.